I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Neil Warnock out, Chris Wilder in. It's the start of a new era. We chat about Warnock's tenure, the breakdown, the Chris Wilder appointment, and what we should expect from him. We chat about the games this week and answer your podcast questions. This is the Borough Breakdown Podcast, and this is our match day chatter in a pod. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the triple! Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Board Breakdown podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Board Podcast that gives you all of Board Master Chatter in a pod. And well, Board endured a tough, tough week in the championship this week with two defeats and a draw against Birmingham, Luton and a draw today against West Bromwich Albion, which led Middlesbrough to 15th place in the championship table and led to Middlesbrough and Neil Warnock parting ways with former Sheffield United boss Chris Wilder expected to take charge this week. Wow, uh, big change for Bora. 1,603 games, but not quite out for Neil Warner because he did seem a little bit optimistic there was another role in him from this season. Uh, he came in, of course, he looked when Middlesbrough certain for relegation. He saved us, stabilised us and helped get rid of a lot of high earners, but performance in 2021 and a change of direction with, from Middlesbrough has caused Bora to take action. Now, guys, before I come to you, I'm going to give you some quotes from Neil Warnock um, in his post-match interview with BBC Tees. Um, he said he was told at 10 a.m. this morning he was leaving Millsborough today uh, with Steve, by Steve Gibson, and Millsborough going to go into a different direction with someone coming in who he did not name, but we do believe it is Chris Wilder. Um, Warnock is disappointed and believes, apart from Steve Gibson, he didn't believe that he was fully backed at the club, uh, and Gibson has apparently told him that he does feel a little bit let down uh, the way he was dressed. And also, Warnock believes Borough were a couple of players short from really hitting the heights of promotion this season. Two or three shot, but just couldn't get them over the line. And described it as extracting teeth um, from getting players over the line. So you can point fingers whoever you want at that. But guys, as usual, three words. Um, how he is feeling. Dana, would you like to go first this week? I sure can. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit surprised because I didn't to be honest I didn't expect it I thought that after the last international break that it would probably be worn up until the end of the season 
And I was a bit resigned to that, to be honest, after the Luton game. So I would say surprised, um, thankful as well, because obviously, like you mentioned there, he did keep us up. He did the job that he came in to do. And then excited as well for the future. Okay, so good three words. Tom, what are you going to go for? That sounds so much more summed up better than mine because I was just going to say proper surprise. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like uh, as much as I said in our group chat this morning, uh, when that, that Daily Mail article came out, I actually said, uh, I don't think it makes a re- uh, difference what the result is today. I think that decision's already been made by the sounds of it. It already had because I think it was about 10 o'clock when I said that. Um, yeah, I just, I, even so, I still didn't really see it coming today. Um, I thought if it was going to happen, it would have happened sooner. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it's, it's all come around a bit too, uh, a, a bit quickly. It's uh, mind-blowing yeah. how, how, how quick it's, it, it's unravelling, really. Mm. Some good keywords, guys. Well done. Um, I'm going to go for Horny for Warney. I think it was uh, the hashtag of the era, of course. Um, and I think it was a good appointment at the time. He got us through a very difficult period, but I think the the decision to let him go now is the right one. Um, and I think Millsborough could be in a very, very good place with Chris Wilder. But let's chat about Neil Warnock then, guys. Um, but what? let's hear your thoughts on the, the dismissal itself. Uh, Tom, it didn't really feel as mutual, did it? Oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> l- listening to his post-match interview on, on BBC Tees, and then also he was interviewed by Sky Sports News and listening to that. He's saying a lot of things in there, which is like, yeah, the club is saying mutual. It's definitely not. He's, you know, he's lashed out at a few people in it. And I mean, he, he still tried to keep it cordial and everything, but you, you can tell with with uh, what he's saying, uh, it definitely wasn't mutual. Mm. Dana, yeah, are you going to jump on the same bandwagon as Tom there? Do you think it wasn't mutual? Yeah, I read it that way as well, to be honest. He says, apart from Steve's and obviously Steve Gibson, uh, I haven't really had much support um, at the club bringing players in. So, it, I mean, there were a few there were a few little sound bites from Warnock that did indicate that it might not have been completely amicable, certainly not with certain senior people at the club, but it seems as though between him and Steve Gibson, it's, um, it's you know... I guess that that was where it's amicable. But yeah, definitely some interesting comments to come from that post-match interview with uh, Neil Warnock. Mm, Tom, he did say that I hope the new manager will be trapped better than him. Um, he's, I think he's <laughs> trying to uh, quote Olivia Rodri- Rodrigo there. Um, <laughs> but uh, he just, look, why, why do you think he said that then? And what's your opinion on it? Because it seems like he couldn't get a few players over the line. And is it, is it, does it suggest that well, there were some people just against him whilst he was there? I think it's saving face a bit as well. Um, I, I think if there's one thing we've known about him in the last couple of years, it's that even after a loss, he's going to put the blame elsewhere. Um, <laughs> and it, it kind of feels like that now. Be, I mean, it might be rightly so. Um, there was It was very publicised in the summer uh, when we were after Rodrigo Munez. Obviously, Bowser and Leo were were over in Portugal negotiating. Uh, Warnock was talking about it quite a lot, and then that just didn't happen. That's what I think he's referring to with uh, how the the other managers will hopefully be trapped better than him. And also when he was kind of saying we were about three or four players short, um, and it was like pulling teeth trying to get them. That's what I think he's referring to there. 
So the 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 fingers are pointing at Neil Bowser. Um, but then why 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 do you think the the era ended the way it did then? Because it it was at this at the start when he took over, very stable, got results. Twenty twenty one, it's been a bit of hit and miss. Appreciate he hasn't got the players. He, well, he quote he hasn't got the players. And um, but why do you think it ended the, the way it did? Because I think our ambitions changed, and I mentioned it on a previous podcast that as you know, as everybody knows, he came in to do that firefighter job to keep Borough up when it looked like we were looming towards uh, the dangers of League One. And he he did that very successfully. I know we had that great away record where that was pretty much keeping us ticking over towards the end of that season. But then you come into this season, two seasons later, and you want in progress, especially after that 10th place finish last campaign. And you've mentioned it on many podcasts, Johnny, that Neil Warnock should really be held at a much higher standard given the success that he's had in this division. And it has just fell short continuously this season. And, and I know that people might have said that we were a little bit premature, I guess, in our criticisms of Neil Warnock, but this isn't a season-long problem. This is a year-long problem. He had the options in January where you thought, okay, we can kick on now, and we didn't, and we regressed. And what I was thinking about after the Luton game is that we are still so inconsistent. We are still so wishy-washy almost it's almost like when Lord Voldemort takes over Criminous Cruel's heads in Harry Potter it's like we go into a half one team and then come out in the second and completely different side and that has been a, a staple of Borough under Neil Warnock and it got to the point I think where he he did as much as he could and I think it's right that we've sort of said okay thank you for what you've done now we're going to move into a new direction. So right time then? Yeah, definitely the right time. And it, it is what it is, isn't it, to quote Tony Mowbray. I think, as I said, thankful for what he did. He kept us up. And a, a lot of what Neil Warnock has said, actually, is that he wants to leave clubs in better positions than what he came into them in. And he wants to put smiles on faces. I think if you look at his tenure at the club on a wider lens, I think he has done that. So a massive thank you to Neil Warnock and, and obviously wish him all the best. Tom, would you echo Dana's thoughts there on the overall assessment of, of, of Warnock's tenure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all always got to be thankful for for what he came in and did. Uh, at that point, with, with eight games left in the season, it didn't look like there was any saving it. Um, felt a little bit better when he came in because of the job he'd done with Rotherham not too long back, and then he's obviously tried to, to, tried to build on it from there. But as Dana said, this was a year-long problem. Uh, going into last, well, at the end of last January with the signings we made, I was fully expecting us to push on from there, and it just kind of capitulated in the last uh, few months of the season. And then, it, I mean, he was he was talking up promotion this season, or at least the playoffs. Um, you know, cynically speaking, the time where season ticket renewals were were happening, but he's carried on. <laughs> through so I don't, I don't think that was the the reason um and it's it's just not been a good start I think for I mean considering there was investment made in the summer I mean definitely better from the, than the last couple of seasons as well I can understand why the club have had to make the decision with us lying in 15th um probably the right time to do it um I wish it was a little bit more amicable, but by, by the sounds of it, it wasn't uh, from from his um, his interviews. But yeah, it, it's the right time. Thankful for everything he's done, and now 
just looking forward to the future. Do we have to question that then, Tom, around the way it's getting delivered, um, around 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 a second in general? Of, of course, we found out this morning by, uh, by the Daily Mail that it was looking likely he could have been sacked. He, of course, didn't find. He found out a little bit later himself, uh, Neil Warnock, uh, about about the article. Do you think that things haven't been done in, in the right way, or in the last in the last few seasons as well? Really, you could argue a few managers, a couple of legends here and there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just I, I don't get the way we we try and do business sometimes because for me it was the wrong way of going about it, letting him find out by by the Daily Mail article, and then Steve Gibson rang him, and he's apparently saying, "I already know what you're ringing about." Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's happened a, a fair amount in the last few years as well. Um, obviously, you, you, you think about the uh, it was a Two Sharp Reds podcast with Schwarzer and Downing as well, mm. and some of the stuff they're saying, like, I, I don't understand why it's so difficult for us to do, do business in a good way with either ex, ex-legendary players or, or even current managers who we want rid of. Mm. Dana, you nodded there in, in, in agreement. Is that something that you would agree with? Do you think Middlesbrough could do things a lot better than the way they're currently doing it? Well, from an outsider's perspective looking in, of course, we're not to know what goes on in the club specifically, but given the sort of exposure of certain things that have gone on in the club from what Downing has said, from what Schwarzer has said, I'm pretty sure there's been other players as well maybe that, is, that have said sort of similar um, about the way that we treat players essentially uh, a lot of the time and that I guess that transition from them leaving or being contracted to the club to to leave in and going out to pastures new it seems as though for maybe not a lot but some um of these people it's it's a little bit yikes almost is probably the best way that I can I can describe it and that Neil Warnock press conference that well um Neil Warnock interview after the match I guess adds to that. It definitely didn't seem mutual consent in in that respect because you think mutual consent is very, very respectful and everybody's on the same page. But as we've mentioned quite a few times, that it, it did seem as though there was a divide at the club. And I think that pretty much confirms it, what he said there about um, going in a different direction. They wanted to look further than this season. They want to look in the future. Um, towards long term and it does actually bring up the question of should he have continued on in the first place because it almost seems like now we've maybe not wasted but this few months into the season could have been better spent maybe getting a manager prepared um, because as as we've mentioned the transfer recruitment policy has changed and I think that's very evident so it does it does bring up the question of kind of what was the point in the first place it absolutely does. I think mean, when when you put it that way, there's there's the question of did and should have Warnock stayed in the summer. Um, yeah. Appreciate we we did fall away in in the back end of last year. The record wasn't as good as it what it could have been. I think with every, it wasn't it, it was the the worst kept secret in Teesides where um, we all knew that Neil Warnock was set to leave this season regardless of where Borough finished. And even if we did get promoted, I think Millsbury would have went in a different direction. Uh, I think Neil Wallach has a poor record in the top line. And even though he's managed in over a th- one and a half thousand games in management at the very top level, it's very, very small, that uh, that, that number. And for me, I think it, it was a, it was a, we should have probably done it earlier in terms of, in terms of sacking him um, or mutual consent. But I think, I think it's a good, a good time 
for us to go to the international break now with a clear clear vision for the next two or three seasons. And if we can do that with Chris Wilder, then that's absolutely great. If we can't, then we're at the drawing board again. But I feel like now when we talk about the rebuild and that rebuild 5.0, which I, I said about previously, um, yeah. this, this has to be a, an appointment now which works. It has to be an appointment which... Millsborough have to get right and even if it doesn't get go right with with Chris Wilder coming in we have to look ahead to that future and try and have an identity of how Millsborough want to play and stick with that for the, for the foreseeable and the fans have to really buy into that um, but as for Neil Warnock thank him for what he's done but I think it was the right time to to get rid and of course there's always going to be handbags probably at some point there's always going to be disagreements uh, here and there but you never know. We could see him at the Riverside maybe this season with a different club, and he did seem optimistic he might be able to find one. So it was who, humorous who as well knows? that he, he ended his time at Middlesbrough with a yellow card in true Neil Warnock fashion. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, carded by the ref. I know he was laughing about that with Mark Drury after the game, saying um, that I'd give him that one. So yeah, that was that was typical Neil Warnock really to end on that note. It was. Um, so the end of Neil Warnock at Middlesbrough Football Club. But Chris Wilder is the name who could be taken over and was confirmed by Craig Johns from the Gazette that Chris Wilder will be starting on Tuesday. And Chris Wilder, he's been promoted with every team he's ever been with for four promotions. He's led Sheffield United in the Europa League qualifying rounds in his first season, the Premiership. However, he did get relegated the following season, uh, but there was indeed a lot of background issues which will be led to that. Uh, so a quick breakdown of Wilder. Style 3 5 2 5 3 2. Um, with the use of mid-blocks, high-press strikers. Teams look to play through them. Um, but also, we like to clock up midfield and overloading centre-backs, which I'm going to come on to in a very second, Dana, with you. Um, but let's hear your thoughts, guys. Chris Wilder is going to be appointed uh, Millsborough boss. Tom, how are you feeling about the appointment? Um, a little bit more optimistic after speaking to, to you guys. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't at first. Um, and that's pretty much going off the back of that season where it absolutely imploded for him in the Premier League. I thought in the Championship when we played him, uh, Sheffield United were playing some very good football and they were a team I didn't want us to play uh, on, on the, those weeks where we did. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting appointment. It's, it's not an appointment I expected either. Um, to be honest, when Warnock left, I kind of expected more of a head coach you know, uh, four three three project style manager because that's what it seemed like in the last few seasons we were heading towards. Uh, Michael Reisiger's name got thrown out quite a lot, and I was like, I think it'll be someone around those lines. And then, uh, pretty much as soon as Warnock was confirmed, was as soon as Wilder was pretty much <laughs> confirmed as well. And I was like, <laughs> scratching my head, like I, I didn't really get it. Like I say, a bit more optimistic now uh, after doing a lot more research on him, but yeah, time will tell, I suppose. Time will tell for, for you, uh, Tom, but Dana, happy with the overall appointment of Chris Wilder? Yeah, I was saying before we came on, on here that I think he's the best option for us that is available, that is successful, that knows the league. And I feel like the way that he sets his teams up to play is perfect for a lot of the players that we have. And player that immediately jumps out is Paddy McNair to have him as potentially a, an overlapping centre-back I mean he could play in either that overla- overlapping centre-back role the number six or you could potentially as well see him wing back but I think he will be that um, centre-half that overloads or helps overload those wide areas and 
I think it it suits the squad that we've got. And there seems to be a misconception about Chris Wilder because of that final Premier League season that he's not too far away from being a dinosaur manager. And I don't really understand that because he's literally playing overlapping centre-backs. Like, how can he be a dinosaur manager when he has that that innovation, that tactical innovation? And the biggest part of what I sort of researched about uh, Chris Wilder is that there is a very clear identity. Uh, Grand Ledbetter was on BBC Two Sport the other day. And one thing that I noted that he mentioned is that he hated playing in teams with a lack of identity. And I think that this season, we've discussed it on the podcast, haven't we? What is Borough's identity? Towards the end, I was starting to think, okay, we're a counter-attacking team, but we didn't really have that Neil Warnock or the Neil Warnockisms of the side and that was really infuriating our shape was all over the place even today against West Brom I didn't know what formation we were playing for the most part we were just all you know we were getting pulled out of position really with the man marking so that's a really big plus I think for Chris Wilder and there's a lot to get excited about I think why do you think we should get excited for well because I think it's a different way of playing isn't it you've got the the wing backs being very uh, influential the opposite wing back will get on the opposite side of the pitch which is actually something that I noted when I was watching West Brom uh, West Brom uh, she- Sheffield United this season that Ben Osborne was getting into the final third and sort of ghosting into the box so even post Chris Wilder there's there's still Chris Wilder that imprint on that side and they've got runners in behind which I think will suit Watmore, Sparrah, um, players that I think they've got David McGoldrick who obviously dropped deep into those midfield positions I think Sparrah could do that I think we've seen him drop deep to then cut play and I think the dynamics in midfield as well uh, playing in possession being good on the ball not bypassing the midfield I think that in itself is something to get excited about. Tom, do you think this will this will suit this new this this current Bora side? Because, like Dana was alluding to there, it's more of a progressive style. It's definitely a lot more on the floor, which you've been dying out for in the last few months. Um, so overall, do you think these new players will these players will probably fit the system? Yeah, and and like Dana said there, I was also thinking about Paddy McInnes straight away for the uh, the overlapping centre backs role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I maybe can't see Grant Hall doing that, but. Um, you know, maybe Sol Bamber or, or even if we if we want to play Johnny House and further back like we, like he has been, he could probably take up one of those roles as well. Um, I'll be happy to see us play on the floor a lot more. Um, you know, one one of the strengths from from Wilder's teams is they they can play quite a lot of intricate passing, um, and I'm, I'm much happier to see that. Uh, I feel like when we've played across the floor this season, we, we've done a lot better. So more of that going forward and just build on it with Wilder would be good. Yeah, I think it'd be, it's, it's really interesting uh, the way that Millsborough can, can change. And if we are looking to play that 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 system, it'd be interesting to see what we do tactically and individually here we bring in. I think we could maybe see a lot more of Leah Saliki, you know, the ball, uh, ball driving midfielder. Gets off or gets on the transition a little bit more cleaner than we have previously. You've got Martin Piero as well, who's very similar to that. Um, but then also centre defensive midfield wise, who can you maybe put in there? Is Crooks the man to probably do that? Could we see Tav move more central? I think it opens a lot of different conversations with Wilder in charge. Um, it'd be interesting to see what we do tactically uh, over the next couple of weeks to actually see the blueprint of Chris Wilder, but also to see who we bring in to fill the gaps that we think we need strengthening. Um, 
just top of your mind, guys, do you th- where do you think Boris should strengthen under Chris Wilder? What positions do you think he'll be looking at coming in? I think he'll be looking at right wing back because mm-hmm. I've I've got a team here on the screen of what I think he could go with. You mentioned there about um, sort of seeing what can open up under Wilder. I think Dyke Steele's position in the team could be quite interesting. We've discussed before that he's played or he came through the Nike Academy as a defensive midfielder. We could well see him move centrally because I think he's good on the ball. He's clever with his defensive work. And at Charlton, he was... He was that drive on that right-hand side. So I personally think he will be one of the the centre-backs, but you never know. You could see him as the wing-back, but it's that right-hand side, I think, the right wing-back. You've got Matt Baller on the left, who I would really like to see become the attacking wing-back that I think he can be, and he does have the qualities to be, but definitely that that right wing-back side. You talk about winners and losers under under Chris Wilder. I think Paddy McNair is definitely one of them. You could well see Isaiah Jones. I don't really know where he would fit into that 3-5-2, unfortunately. So he might well be a loser of that. But we'll see. We'll see what can happen. It is definitely interesting. Tav, as you said, could be central to that. Don't really know who's going to play that sort of deep um, defensive midfield position. But Dyke Steele and McNair, I think, could definitely benefit from Chris Wilder coming in. Okay, interesting. And Uh, Baller as well. And baller, yeah, I'd agree with, with all of those, Dana. Um, but Tom, Chris Wilder, he's known to have struggled with a sporting director, apparently, as the rumour mill ITK people would suggest. We obviously, of course, don't know that. Um, this could have been an individual thing. But do you think? Do you think it's quite a surprise then if if that if that's true? Do you think it's a surprise that he's willing to work with Kieran Scott, who is now the head of football at Millsbury? Definitely a surprise, yeah, but. I feel like this would have been discussed before he even took the job um, and, and he would have had to have known that that's the setup he was coming to work in. Um, one of the things I found in in my, my research that I was doing uh, was that one of his weaknesses apparently at Sheffield United was his recruitment, uh, which I think we can all absolutely say is Kieran Scott's strength. So possibly that's been put to him and just say like, look, we're, we're building something here. Kieran Scott's going to be in charge of this. All you have to do is kind of coach the team and, and use the players we give you. Um, and, and like I say, I'm surprised he's agreed to it, but that's what I feel he probably would have agreed to. I'm, I, I would think he's going to have some input into that. Um, just judging by Kieran Scott's interview on the Norwich podcast, um, where he, he said they used to quite commonly have recruitment meetings with Daniel Farker, uh, trying to figure out what's the, the best type of player for him. I'm sure he'll have some input into that, but I'm sure he'll also know that it's not 100% on him. Mm, absolutely agree. Uh, I also think it's a bit of a Chinese whisper a little bit because, you know, I think things can obviously change in football. A lot of words get, get spread about and, uh, for me, I think you're yeah, absolutely spot on there, Tom. I think we would have probably discussed this previously. And if he wasn't happy, he wouldn't have taken the job. I think this, this club right now is very stable. He can still mould this team in his own direction. But very, very good analysis, guys. Um, but let's let's chat about Warnock's last two games then, shall we? Um, because the last two games against Luton and West Bromwich Albion were quite underwhelming, to say the least. Um Obviously, of course, for Luton, uh, Luke Daniels, of course, came in for Lumley. Uh, and Warnock was in Warnock's words, he said he was going to rest Joe Lumley uh, and protect him, of course, for the for the 
for the mistakes he made. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's not the real reason, was it? So he's had two games now, uh, Daniels and Goldener. Um, how do you think he did against Luton and West Brom? I think he was probably one of our best players today against West Brom. There were a couple of moments in the Luton game where I was sort of thinking, oh, he hasn't quite claimed that uh, or commanded his area particularly well, but he did set off the goal that we scored, which was a fantastic goal, by the way. It was a great counter-attack. Um, Colburn, of course, getting on the score sheet. Josh Colburn, as I think we, we're, we're calling him now. But I think Daniels has, has been has been pretty good. It is interesting, though, that he did drop Lumley because last season, Marcus Bettinelli pulled out some real clangers more than what Joe Lumley has. But I'm assuming that he didn't trust Jordan Archer to kind of step up. So um says all you need to know about that goalkeeping duo last season but yeah I think he was he, he was decent enough in the Luton game not really at fault for the goals that we conceded and then he was very very good today probably if I was to do the whole three stars thing I'd probably give Daniels two of them or maybe three of them I don't know he was one of our best players today I think in my opinion oh, absolutely um Look, tactically, um, this has been a thing that's happened in, in the last two games now where Millsborough have conceded, not just the last two games, but probably the season in general where Millsborough have conceded over 17, 17 goals in the second half alone. Um, so tactically, what do you think's different then? Because it's quite clear that in the first half, we look very solid. For the second half, we seem to fall apart, Tom. Yeah, I don't quite get it. Um, I, I was watching the Luton game on, on Wednesday and when they came back out for the second half, they really looked fired up for it. They looked like they knew what they were, knew what the game plan was and they were just going to go out and do it. Whereas we just seemed happy to kind of invite that pressure onto us. And by the time, uh, it was Bradley that scored the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, by the, by the time he headed that in, we knew it had been coming and then it just it, it was just a hell of a capitulation from there to concede three and five minutes um but that's been a pattern for for quite a long time now um as, as you say like we, we just come out for the second half and we just really never look as up for it as the other team are yeah it's interesting as well actually that you know i mentioned a few podcasts ago we i think we highlighted it pretty early in the season that that window of opportunity for the opposition of those 17 goals that we've conceded in the second half of games, 18 of them, uh, sorry, 18 of them, uh, eight of them have come in the, the 15 minutes after half time. So it's it's one of those where I was thinking the other day, well, is that a mentality problem? Is that a fitness problem? Is it mental fatigue, physical fatigue? I, I just sort of, my conclusion from that is that it has to go down part to the manager, really. And as Tom said there, I thought, we came out the second half a completely different team in the worst possible way. They got tighter to us. I think we had a few yards on them in the first half, whereas in the second, they were just all over us. And there were warning signs at the end of that first half. Obviously, Howson cleared the ball off the line and then Harry Cornick dragged a shot wide. So it was always coming, wasn't it? And when it happened, I don't think anybody was surprised. Uh, I mean, the... Like I said, I tweeted today, like around, oh shit, here we go again. Um, I felt like they feared the worst when they equalised um, West Brom. And again, it just seems that Mills were very, very good at kicking themselves in the foot. Uh, not kicking themselves, shooting themselves in the foot, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like the thing, the thing is with that, I think there's, there's definitely a mentality thing to it. What we say at half time, are the players mentally fatigued with the system that we were currently playing? Um, what can potentially can we change to try and 
try and mitigate those risks in the second half when teams do pile on the pressure and the game opens up a lot more. And that'd be interesting to see what Chris Wilder does in that. But let's take some positives out of those performances because there was some, um, and we want to talk about uh, Joshy Goldburn, or Joshy fucking Goldburn, however you want to talk about it now. Uh, two and two, three this season. He got himself on Shithouse Island dinner earlier in the week and he's on the score sheet twice. Um, he has a very, very bright future, doesn't he? He does, yeah. It's good to see him taking his opportunity as well. I think he's, um, I was reading a stat from Sean Wilson that says he's averaging a goal every 52 minutes, I think it was. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that, can you? And two in two, I think he's, have we finally found a centre forward out of the academy that is that is decent here? I mean, I'm not going to Curtis Maynham and, and jinx him here, but have we finally found one from the academy that is decent? I, I, I hope it. so, because like the last one was Danny Graham, wasn't it? And he was yeah. unlucky to be behind Hasselbank, Viduka and Yakubu in the pecking order. Uh, and <laughs> just had so many since then. Craddock, Hutchinson, uh, Walker, Jonathan Franks. Jonathan Franks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Char- if you want to Charlie Wyke, uh, yeah, Charlie Wyke, Bradley Fuster, there's another one. Yeah, he was quite hardy raised at one point, wasn't he? Mm, he was. They know, all are. It's, it's, you know, it's Brad, it's <laughs> Bradley Fuster, isn't it? You know, is he? He's he's uh, he's on loan somewhere, I believe. Is that right? I can't. I have no idea. Get VR and we'll uh, we'll we'll discuss that very shortly, but. Um, Tom, what's impressed you about Josh Corbin in the last couple of starts? He's led the line very well, hasn't he? Oh, definitely. And I think just the fact that he looks so composed and takes his chances, um, I think that's such a contrast to... So there was a game under Woodgate when Steve Walker came off the bench, got through one-on-one at the Riverside and just blazed it over the bar. Uh, and, I mean, that's enough to shatter your confidence anyway, but like with the whole of the North stand going, oh... Like proper that's the one Steve Walker's on loan that's the one sorry yeah, yeah. Um, but like you, you'd probably trust Coburn in that situation to, to score at the moment he seems confident he's I think like Warnock said he, he came back a different player after pre-season he looks stronger um, and, and yeah he, he just takes his chances which when you usually see a, a player come through the academy up front you know, they, they do kind of seem nervous sometimes. You don't get the same impression from him. Would you think that he has a, has a chance under Chris Wilder maybe to, to keep in the squad? Because, you know, the score record 50, what was it, in 53 minutes, I believe? He scores a goal every 53 minutes at so, the moment. 50-something minutes, I think. 50-something minutes. It's not bad at all, is it? So can you see Chris Wilder maybe giving Coburn a chance, Tom? He definitely deserves this. Um whether or not he's uh, he'd fit into the wilder type of system, I don't know. But I'd say based on current performances, yeah, he deserves it. Okay, so on current performances, nice segue, Tom. Uh, I want to chat about Marcus Tavernier, uh, Dana. Oh, let's go. The, the Rubik's Cube, that is Marcus Tavernier. Um, look, out of form, clearly. What does he have to do to get, try and get back into it? Well, I thought he played well today. I thought the wing-backs, both him and Jones, did very well. And to be fair, he did completely clown me this week, did Marcus Tavernier, didn't he? I mean, I wrote that whole bloody article. I should have just sat on it, shouldn't I? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Tav is probably taking the the identity of the Borough Boo Boy, unfortunately, which always seems to happen with a, with a, a player from the academy or a young player. But I think... For me, there were a lot of calls for him to be dropped 
Percy, I don't really think that that was that would have helped, given that there's an international break. Well, now, um, I think all he really needs is a kick up the arse, and hopefully, the game today was that because I thought he I thought he played well. I thought his defensive duties were fantastic. Yes, you're going to have inconsistencies with Tav and frustrations with Tav uh, going forward. I think we we ought to um, label the the wide shot, the Tav shot, the one that hits Rose <laughs> that's definitely now called the Tav shot. But yeah, I think with him, I think patience is needed and hopefully the game after the international break, we can really see Tav shine because he's got it in him. Yeah, absolutely. I think he does as well. I think it, if I'm being brutally honest, I thought he's been really, really poor uh, for the last couple of weeks. I, I think agree, there's, yeah. and, of, and of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to, you know, tweets messages going to lead to a lot of negativity towards a certain player and I think that's that's the game unfortunately we're in now I think you know it's and it's very fickle as well you know he could score a hat-trick next week and be the best thing since size spread so I think with, with 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 him I think it does require patience but I think he's a fantastic footballer I do think he, he is a very very good player and he could really 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 thrive under Chris Wilder if he's in the right position but again, he could be a loser in it and could get shifted out and go somewhere else. But it'd be interesting to see how that goes for him. But I think it'd be, I think Wilder would be mad to shift uh, Marcus Tavernier out unless there was some real quality coming in because I think he is arguably Borough's best player, still is. And, you know, yeah, shit couple of games, but there is improvement to be made, like all players in the championship because everyone is very, very inconsistent. So with that in mind, so with that in mind, guys, um, let's go to questions for the week. So the, the two questions we have this week, um, and I appreciate we did get about ten questions, but eight of those were around Warner Cleveland. Um, so I, I couldn't really use them, but we have another two, um, and they are from Charlie. Uh, one's from Charlie, and he says, uh, "We seem to have a continuous issue with injuries. We've changed fitness coach, yet uh, still the same issue. I know some injuries will happen in a season." Are we just getting injury-prone players or is something fundamentally wrong? Uh, Dan, do you want to say that one? Well, I couldn't. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Possibly answer the question of, is there something fundamentally wrong? Because I, I'm not inside the club. But it is interesting, isn't it? I think we we moved on Frankie Hunter and then brought in Chris Short and nothing has really changed in that. And I was thinking about it earlier and sorry to bring up my talk around her again, but in that season, very rarely did you see a player get injured for a period of time. I mean, we've got Dyke Steele who to continue the theme of cheese on this podcast might well also be made out of cheese and then ball has been injured far too many times this season already. So it's, it's really disappointing that we, we have players that are in and out of the team, but I don't know what's going on, to be honest. Um, hopefully that can be addressed soon. Maybe it's just the, the style of play, but then we'd probably have to go back and see whether injuries were cropping up frequently under Woodgate as well, and I do believe they were. So, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum with Bora. We can't really seem to shake off these niggling problems. Could these injuries uh, mystically disappear, Tom, with the, new, with the appointment of Chris Wilder? I mean, potentially, you you always hear about like you know you, you're never going to get inju- injuries in the in a promotion season or, or very rarely. It didn't happen for us. Maybe maybe that was you know the players wanting to play through the pain barrier. Maybe that was Carlos Cachada's Kachad- uh, fantastic coaching <laughs> methods. Uh, but I've absolutely no idea what's going wrong this season because for us it it seems to me like we get injuries a hell of a lot more than other teams do. And we'll bring someone back from injury, and then they'll go again. So, you know, potentially, if we see a miraculous like lack of injuries under Wilder, I think we know the reason why. Okay, then uh, last question of the day from Riverside 2019. He says, "Gibson has been a tremendous owner. Uh, would you want him to sell as someone like a Leicester City owner in order for the club to move on?" Tom, do I take it? Uh, well, no, not right now. Um, I, I think he has been a fantastic owner, and obviously the best thing about him is that he's a Borough fan, and I, I do believe that every decision that he makes, he believes is in the best interest of the club. You know, whether or not we might disagree at, at times, you know, it, it's up for debate. But I'm, I'm sure he does make all his decisions in our in the club's best interest. I think when the time does come for for Gibson to to move on. Um, Obviously, it, it does for everyone. Um, I'm sure wherever the, the whoever's hands the club ends up in, he'll have done his due diligence on, on that uh, to make sure it's it's in the best hands possible going forward. Mm, I'd agree. I think the only problems that Mills will have now is that Gibson was was badly advised and is badly advised uh, by obviously certain people. Obviously, that that could change now. Kieran Scott coming in, and you know, Mills could take a take this more method method methodology I can't get to the word what is it methodical methodical, methodical yeah, yeah methodical approach yeah uh to, to getting things uh, back to the way they should be um and appreciate that the long-term ambition is to be back where we were in the two early 2000s prem, regular Premier League football and I think we, we can do that if we have the 
the right system in place. And I do believe we have that, but time will tell. Um, but guys, that's it. 1,603 games for Neil Warnock, uh, but it may not be out just for him just yet. But Chris Wilder is coming into Middlesbrough. This could get a little wild. This has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your match day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.